The word peace is common in most languages. People can talk about peace treaties or times of peace. It means the absence of war. And in the Bible, the word peace can refer to the absence of conflict, but it also points to the presence of something better in its place. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And in the New Testament, the Greek word is erene. The most basic meaning of shalom is complete or whole. The word can refer to a stone that has a perfect whole shape with no cracks. It can also refer to a completed stone wall that has no gaps and no missing bricks. Shalom refers to something that's complex with lots of pieces that's in a state of completeness, wholeness. It's like Job who says his tents are in a state of shalom because he counted his flock and no animals are missing. This is why shalom can refer to a person's well-being. Like when David visited his brothers on the battlefield, he asked about their shalom. The core idea is that life is complex, full of moving parts and relationships and situations. And when any of these is out of alignment or missing, your shalom breaks down. Life is no longer whole. It needs to be restored. In fact, that's the basic meaning of shalom when you use it as a verb. To bring shalom literally means to make complete or restore. So Solomon brings shalom to the unfinished temple when he completes it. Or if your animal accidentally damages your neighbor's field, you shalom them by giving them a complete repayment for their loss. You take what's missing and you restore it to wholeness. The same goes for human relationships. In the book of Proverbs, to reconcile and heal a broken relationship is to bring shalom. And when rival kingdoms make shalom in the Bible, it doesn't just mean they stop fighting, it also means they start working together for each other's benefit. This state of shalom is what Israel's kings were supposed to cultivate, and it rarely happened. So the prophet Isaiah, he looked forward to a future king, a prince of shalom, and his reign would bring shalom with no end. A time when God would make a covenant of shalom with his people and make right all wrongs and heal all that's been broken. This is why Jesus' birth in the New Testament was announced as the arrival of Irene. Remember, that's the Greek word for peace. Jesus came to offer his peace to others, like when he said to his followers, my peace I give to you all. The apostles claimed that Jesus made peace between messed up humans and God when he died and rose from the dead. The idea is that he restored to wholeness the broken relationship between humans and their creator. This is why the Apostle Paul can say, Jesus himself is our Irene. He was the whole complete human that I am made to be, but have failed to be. And now he gives me his life as a gift. And this means that Jesus' followers are now called to create peace. Paul instructed local churches to keep their unity through the bond of peace, which requires humility and patience and bearing with others in love. Becoming people of peace means participating in the life of Jesus, who reconciled all things in heaven on earth, restoring peace through his death and resurrection. So peace takes a lot of work because it's not just the absence of conflict. True peace requires taking what's broken and restoring it to wholeness, whether it's in our lives, our relationships, or in our world. And that's the rich biblical concept of peace. Hey, thanks for watching this word study video by The Bible Project. We make lots of other videos and they're all about showing how the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. You can go to our website, thebibleproject.com, see what we're working on, and even jump in to pitch in a few bucks to the next one. Thanks for being a part of this with us. Thanks, you guys. These Bible Project videos have been so good for my soul. 
We hope that they have been helpful to you during this Advent series as well. Um, make sure you go to their website, BibleProject.com, and check them out. Um, they have amazing content uh, for all seasons of the Christian calendar um, and some really cool videos to watch as well. As was mentioned in the video, peace can be something that seems to mysteriously flee from us in certain situations and at certain times. We can often feel like our peace gas tanks are empty, which may sometimes lead us to step into personal character traits that we'd rather not be highlighted. I recently had an experience with a neighbor of mine that not only caused me to not act out of peace, but it also disrupted the peace between this neighbor and myself. A month back, we'd made a decision to trim and clean up a 60-foot-tall pecan tree in our backyard. We had the arborist come out, make a few suggestions for the tree, and give us a quote. I have to mention that one of the reasons that we were deciding to trim this tree was for the mutual benefit of not only us, but our neighbor as well. The tree sits just inside our fence line, but it hangs over a considerable amount of our neighbor's driveway. So we moved forward with the trimming of the tree and everyone is happy that this big task was going to finally solve our pecan tree woes. On the morning of the trimming, I stepped outside into my backyard to meet the arborist and see how the work was coming along. What I was confronted with was my neighbor informing me that she had asked the crew, the arborist crew, to chop down another tree that was inside my property line that was next to the large pecan. I stopped, attempted to gather myself, and began to slowly communicate how frustrated this made me. In my mind, phrases like, how dare she cut down a tree in my yard without asking me, what actually came out of my mouth was something along the lines of, so you asked the crew that we're paying for to chop down one of my trees? Neither one would have made for a good response, and in transparency, my heart and spirit were not aligned with God in that moment. I failed to seek out the peace and instead sought out retribution through frustration and selfishness and anger. A tree is a tree, and this tree that had been cut down was nothing special. What I had done was chosen my own selfish pride over peace with my neighbor. I wasn't actually mad about the trash tree that had been cut down. Now, should she have asked me before communicating to the crew to cut down the tree? Sure, I'm sure that's true that she should have done that, but that's not the point. The point of the story is that in that moment, I made a decision that put a fracture in my peace, my shalom with my neighbor. Later that morning, I made my way back outside to my neighbor's yard and we were able to talk things out. She acknowledged her wrong and I did mine as well. But something still seemed off when I turned away to head back inside. Things still felt unfinished or undone. Re referencing the Bible Project video, there still seems to be bricks missing from the wall. I needed the hands of the great Mason to come and do his work in this situation. Later that afternoon, that same day, my neighbor knocked on my door. 
I answered and stepped out onto the porch. She said, hey, I'm sorry, and I got you this. She had bought me my favorite beer and brought it over as a peace offering. Here's a little peace offering between neighbors, she said. I hugged her and said thank you. In that moment, all of the bricks were now snugly placed back into the wall. That something that felt unfinished was now complete. And that undone thing was now finished and placed back in a state of shalom. This is what Jesus's arrival is for us. It's the peace offering from God to his children, making all things right, complete, and whole. In a word, it's shalom. Jesus's arrival shows him to be the cornerstone of the wall that brings us peace. If you find yourself unfamiliar with this peace, this person of Jesus, I encourage you to reach out to me or to Drew or to any leader in our church and to talk more about our relationship with him, with Jesus. As we continue moving deeper into the holiday season, I encourage all of you to ask yourself how you might recognize if there's a lack of peace in your own life. God longs for us to experience his peace. He wants you to know his peace. All we have to do is recognize that we need it and let him teach us all about it. We also need to recognize the places where we need to bring God's peace. I'm sure some of us recognize that the family situations we will experience this month, this holiday season, that in reality, they won't be very peaceful. However, this could be the year that you infuse your family experience with peace, the peace of God. In all of this, remember, you're not manufacturing the peace, but simply welcoming God's peace into yourself and the people and spaces around you. This week, let us give thanks and praise to our God who desired peace, shalom, with his children so badly that he gave us his only begotten son. And it's that son, Jesus Christ, who calls us to walk and speak and live and serve as people of peace, emulating him in all things, bringing shalom to the world around us. I leave you with this verse from the book of Philippians, chapter four, verse seven. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would be with us in this moment in this Advent season, as Christmas Eve and Christmas Day approach, and that you would teach us and show us the ways of peace, the ways of your peace, the relationships where we need to bring peace, the places in ourselves where we need your peace, and how we can be better stewards of your peace in the world around us. We love you, Lord. Thank you for this time together. Amen.